Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Return on India is the latest release in the Colossus family of podcasts. For full transcripts and more supporting materials, make sure to check out joincolossus.com. There you will find the full library of content from Colossus shows like Invest Like the Best, Business Breakdowns, Web3 Breakdowns, Founders, 50X, and now Return on India. If you'd like to stay up to date on all announcements for Return on India and other Colossus shows, make sure to sign up for the weekly newsletter again on joincolossus.com. Now on to the show. Welcome to Return on India, a deep dive series covering one of the most populous and promising economies in the world. Through conversations with central figures in Indian business, Return on India will unpack the details that matter for investors and operators. We will examine the unique cultural dynamics behind emerging demographic trends, and we will drill into key sectors by talking to the business leaders driving change. We plan to investigate the past, present, and future as we explore India's investment case. To find more episodes, transcripts, and a library of content to continue your learning, visit joincolossus.com. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions. Hosts, podcast guests, their employers or affiliates may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. My guest today is Ravish Naresh, founder and CEO of Katapa. The Indian economy is set up structurally differently than in the West. While the U.S. has big box retail and all the benefits that come with it, efficient supply chains, readily established infrastructure, and access to credit, India largely operates in the backs of the MSME segment, micro, small, and medium enterprise. Understanding the MSME segment is critical if you want to understand India. It's the heartbeat of the Indian economy, and it represents over 60 million businesses, largely in tier two and tier three cities. The limiting factor for growth for most of these businesses historically has been access to credit. They're underbanked and operate on a cash basis. And it's why this week I was excited to have Ravish on Return on India to help us better understand this segment and how to build for it. Katabook is helping merchants in India digitize their bookkeeping and is bringing them from the offline world into the online economy. Today, Katabook has over 10 million monthly active users and the platform records a staggering 250,000 transactions per hour. In this discussion, we chatted through how to understand the nuances of the MSME segment, the challenges of building for this segment, and the second and third order effects of including MSMEs in the formalized Indian economy. Please enjoy my conversation with Ravish Naresh. Ravish, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ramin. Excited to be here. We're going to dive deep into the MSME segment in India today and how to think about building for it. And so to kick off the conversation, I want to start by setting the context of MSMEs in India. Maybe give us a better sense of this market segment, how to define it, how large it is, etc. India represents one of the largest small business ecosystems in the world. There are roughly 
60 million small businesses in India. Usually these are individual based businesses. It's usually like a family running the show or just one person from the family running the show and the rest of the family being dependent on it. So with an average size of family of four, there are roughly 240, 250 million direct dependents on these 60 million businesses. If I just add on an average one employee per business, this doubles the number of direct dependents. Roughly 500 million people are directly or indirectly dependent on the small business ecosystem in India. That's a sizable chunk of the population. And you see it everywhere. In fact, just leave aside the metro towns and cities like Bombay, Delhi and Bangalore. Go to any small hinterland city in India and there are thousands of them. That's where in fact almost 90% of the population resides. And you'll realize that there are hardly any formal jobs. Most of the economy is either government-led, there are government functionaries, or just these small businesses and these small business ecosystems. So the traditional Indian economy, I'm not talking about the new Indian economy, but largely the traditional Indian economy is very much dependent on the small business ecosystem in India. When I first used UPI, I had used wire services in US, I had used existing bank transfers in India. And when I first used UPI, I instantly knew that this is by far the best and the most efficient way to transfer money globally ever built. With the most simplest of GTM, I just need to know your mobile number. It's already linked to your bank account. And I can instantly for free transfer you money. When I first saw UPI, I realized there is going to be a massive opportunity built around once this starts gaining traction built around this ecosystem. So fintech, I started looking closely. Geo was also adding millions and millions of users every month. Early 2018, we launched a product that filters out all the financial transactions from SMS. In India, there's this RBI. RBI is the Fed of India. That all financial transactions must generate SMS alerts just to prevent fraud and let the user know in real time that there's a transaction happening. What we did was we built an AI-based SMS inbox that filtered all your spam SMSs and just highlighted your financial transactions. Then got into Y Combinator, got good early traction. And then mid of 2018 YC, we realized that we were not getting the expected growth on the use case. And we dug in a little bit deeper and saw that most of our users were from Bombay, Delhi and Bangalore. Existing users like myself, who were doing a lot of digital transactions on Swiggy, Ola, Uber, Zomato. Then we realized that 90% of India's e-commerce happens in the top 10 cities. Most of India is just using internet for just basic consumption, WhatsApp, YouTube, just five or six products they've just been introduced to. What we realized is Geo was bringing in users mostly in the hinterlands. These metro cities were already online before Geo came in. And we realized then most of the towns and cities were still dealing completely in cash. So that's how we realized that if we were to build for this new market that's coming up to find new pockets of opportunities, we should be solving problems of this new market and not us ourselves as urban Bombay metro city users, basically. That's how we came across cash management as a use case. So in the initial thoughts around Khatabuk were to build the splitwise for India centered around cash management. While Splitwise was most focused on splitting expenses, we realized that there was a much more need of recovering your credit in India in managing your expense. 
there was a tweak of splitwise that we sort of imagined early on and this was early 2019 and i was researching this use case further and when we launched this we got good traction we never thought actually you know businesses would be using it we always thought of ourselves as a b2c company initially when we launched but within the first month of launch 90% of our users were small businesses who actively had the need for managing credit rather than personal users who didn't have as an active need a personal user in his personal network would probably do like 10 15 transactions a year of basic credit to his friends etc but a shopkeeper does that almost every day that's how we realized that what we had built was a very relevant solution for these small businesses and overnight we became sort of a b2b company what khata book essentially did was because of i would say luck sheer luck that we were approaching the market in a b2c manner we figured out a solution on onboarding businesses which had never been done at least for the small scale geography agnostic small businesses they had never been at least in india onboarded completely digitally and you know diy start using the platform for accounting so this was something new to us we experienced very low cacs and also inherently khata book had i would say a viral loop in built for every transaction being added we sent out an sms to the counterparty sent via iphone you know xyz user has added some entry against you check out more details on khatabook.com the transaction link basically and because of our name so this was an insight that i had gotten early on at housing as well we were addressing here the first time internet user he's just come online in the last probably couple of years and just started using whatsapp youtube so everything needs to be from the messaging to the product it needs to be extremely obvious to the user you literally need to handhold him as he takes his you know early baby steps towards using the internet for the first time so the journey starts right from the name itself when this first time internet user saw an sms from khatabook.com he instantly realized what it means that's what they call the diary that they've been maintaining all along we had this viral loop that enabled us to organically not just add businesses digitally also organically grow this loop now every transaction shopkeeper was adding roughly 20% of these transactions were being sent to other businesses so that's how we got our organic loop loop going i think it's important one of the things to call out which we can double click on i think it's important to understand in the underlying context of what you're saying of 60 million msmes 90% of them being outside of the big cities of bangalore bombay the structure of the retail landscape in india is fundamentally different than the west so the west is consolidated into big box retail your walmarts your targets etc and in india it's not just that msmes exist they're actually the dominant segment with a long tail of merchants what explains that market structure india has always been a consumption internal consumption led economy and over the last say 5 7 decades a bunch of brands have built out their own distribution networks offline distribution networks and this legacy distribution chain has sort of stood the test of time the benefit of this structure is that it gives brands leverage over i would say platforms like walmart or big box retailers and ultimately the brands that have built these distribution networks over the last couple of decades and this includes even the large conglomerates like hul operating in the country 
these offline distribution networks are extremely efficient. Like for example, new age centralized distributors like Odan, in fact, even larger groups like Reliance, etc. have an uphill battle to compete for efficiency when it comes to these offline distribution supply chain. So just to give you a small example here that I found, for example, a distributor, one of his sales reps covers 100 to 150 shops on a bicycle. Imagine getting margins of more efficiency out of that and trying to build a business out of it. So you really need to innovate on the other end of the spectrum, which is inventory or whatever, basically. But this chain has been operating at extremely efficient levels. And at the same time, it gives brands the leverage over their pricing, etc. Because distributors ultimately are dependent on brands, which is why brands have been hesitant to move to centralized distribution platforms, which they already know that they will ultimately lose leverage, which is why like platforms like Reliance or Odan have been having this uphill battle to convince brands to come on their platform. Roughly 75% to almost 80% of retail trade still happens through this existing supply chain. And we're talking about India making leaps and bounds in internet, delivery, infrastructure. And in 2022, this is still happening. And the way this supply chain is distributed locally, it would be hard for them to disrupt in all the pin codes in India. I mean, you can do a concentrated bet in metro cities, but to bring that sort of an efficiency, it really needs a huge amounts of investments to bring a, a central country level supply chain, which is why I feel it's more easier to serve the country better by making the existing supply chain more efficient by introducing software. Basically, leveling the playing field between a big box retailer and your small Kirana store or your local distributor, enabling them with the right software so that they're able to get the right data insights, which products are working best for them. Similarly, like big box retailers already have this. They have their own teams, in-house teams building the tech. They have the capability to do these investments, whereas these small retailers have not. So if we are able to be the tech and be the central financial backbone behind this existing supply chain. They are already sort of formidable, but that would actually enable them to be even more competitive than big box retailers, especially in the majority of hinterland of India. So that's how I feel the ecosystem will evolve. As I initially mentioned, nearly half the country is dependent on this ecosystem of small trade, small traders, small shopkeepers, and this existing supply chain. So it makes all the more sense to you know, build something that is sustainable and that provides this ecosystem a lot more efficiency. So the structure of Indian retail, especially the way you're describing it, Ravish, has a unique upside missing in Western economies. So these businesses are hyper-localized. The use case has a lot higher of an overlap with the needs of that community and the customer versus something like Big Box. And a really underappreciated fact to your point on the supply chain, is their proximity to the customer also makes them really valuable as a last mile connector. So structurally, there's actually a lot of advantage in the way that the Indian retail ecosystem is set up. The downside, though, for that type of market structure is just fragmentation, inability to grow, lack of data insights. So software can certainly support a layer on making that existing supply chain more efficient, but the prevalence of credit, access to capital, et cetera, plays equivalently just as important of a need. The limitation, I think, typically when you look at other developing economies for growth, fundamentally boils down to a credit problem. So businesses in cash-driven economies, they typically historically have less access to credit. 
if credit were to become more pervasive, then these economies actually structurally are more advantageous because those localized businesses can really grow. So the products are better, more customers are served locally, more jobs are actually getting created. And I really like your framing, which is more people in the country are economically participating in the equity upside or the growth of the country itself. I want to go deeper into specifically how Katabook is addressing this idea of both not only software, but also credit, because you have a large lending book component to your business. But maybe before diving into that, just help us understand, you've mentioned the phrase Kirana a couple of times. As an Indian, I'm familiar with that concept, but a lot of our Western audience is not. What is a Kirana store? And with that, what are the typical characteristics of this type of Kirana or MSME in India? We're trying to understand a representative MSME. Just give us a flavor of how these stores operate and what do they prioritize? The typical Kirana is present in almost every locality or every area in India. What function this Kirana store provides is the basic top, I would say, 50 products that you use in your daily life in terms of consumption. In some cases, it does have some long tail, but broadly, these Kiranas have the top daily use products that an Indian uses in their daily lives to run a household. And another function that this Kirana store provides is because it's just serving that locality. It has this unique context of each and every user it's serving. It's been a personal experience for me as well. For example, my mother would order groceries just on, say, for example, she'll just give a phone call or she just put an order on WhatsApp. The local Kirana store near the building would deliver groceries to the home for free. And he notes down this transaction in his ledger book, which today is his Khata book software. And usually the accounts are settled end of the month, sometimes settled at the time of the transactions. But if a user desires, it can be usually settled in a timely basis at the end of the month altogether. So this provides the Kirana store stickiness with their user. And also it provides an easy settlement for the household as well at the end of the month. Now, no centralized service can displace this sort of a function. And it'll be very hard for a centralized service to get local context, individual user context in each and every locality and tailor-made like a credit product and a grocery product for each and every user. So this function a Kirana store provides. At Khatabuk, what we have seen is most of these folks, their only use case on accounting is basically managing this credit of their user. They probably have on an average at this mom and pop store as an average of 50 odd regular customers in the locality. And they have a long tail of irregular customers that come and go, etc. But they maintain a record for these regular customers whom they give credit and whom they settle their grocery bills at the end of the month. And what we realized was this uniquely was the only use case that sort of got digital traction as well. One of the reasons why I saw this, because we are actually addressing Khatabuk when they maintain their Khatabuk either offline or online. It's basically the biggest, I would say, fundamental need for a small business to maintain because his entire cash flow is dependent on it. Almost 40% of his sales are driven through this credit cycle. So now there are a bunch of other things that we wanted to digitize for our users. So for example, they're managing their staff, they're managing their inventory or creating invoices, but none of them got as much traction. There were a lot of digital competitors that got funded in the ecosystem as well, addressing a bunch of different use cases, but none of them got as much traction as maintaining the Bahi Khata. 
their entire workflow is dependent on it but that said as these kirana stores formalized over the last couple of years some of the changes that have happened in this economy is that large portion has started digitizing their money flow the qr in the upi i had initially mentioned in our call has become extremely prevalent even in the smallest hinterlands the cost of a pos machine has just gone down to a piece of a printout basically people place these qr codes on their shop and they're now readily accepting upi money directly onto their upi account so a large portion of them are digitized at the same time government has introduced a gst and a standardized gst tax in 2018 now more and more stores with time are crossing the sales threshold and have the need to comply eventually so what i foresee from now to 2030 by 2030 a lot of our small stores would have grown to cross this threshold for the need to get into the formalized economy by having the need to comply to bill their taxes a lot of their revenue is coming through digital trackable upi methods so there is a constant need to digitize these upcoming use cases and i feel that given that we have found a early traction on a secular use case that's being digitally used for all the businesses we have a leg up in digitizing the other use cases as well as these businesses grow yeah and the scale is staggering today you have over 10 million monthly active users the platform records over 30 billion us dollars of transactions every month msmes are really as a customer base are interesting the optimistic outlook i'm going to wear two hats the optimistic hat or the optimistic outlook would be it's a massive market it's a secular trend high number of merchants transaction volume basically everything we've talked about thus far the opposite perspective would be this is a trap and the classic seduction of india's mao factory so there might be a high number of merchants there's a high number of transaction volume etc but the monetization opportunity is borderline tough maybe actually impossible msmes notoriously don't like to pay for software the market operates on razor thin margins how do you balance both perspectives when you think about the space and i'm curious what do you think about both of those statements do they resonate with you are they missing important details they're both like i would say right and wrong one fundamentally needs to realize today that india even today right now is a just a 2000 dollar per capita income country and expecting a guy who's earning on an average 2000 dollars a year expecting him to pay for software is definitely going to be a very uphill task but at the same time just holding a little bit longer term view here when this income goes to say 5000 10000 dollars we have seen in the case of china we have seen in the case of historically in the west as well you start valuing your time because then time is a resource that's become a little valuable to you so for example today if i go back to my users even though they are really dependent on khatabok and even though it's really making their life better on a unit level basis they will still go back to their inefficient methods of doing things pen and paper because they have a lot of time this time value when we start valuing time from a user perspective this only increases once we start crossing a certain income threshold this is a longer term view which is why khatabook has from day one focused beyond software like we always knew at least in the shorter horizon if we monetize through software it's definitely going to be an uphill task so behavior change and it's something that to be honest at a income level our user is not fundamentally ready we figured that we need to go a little bit deeper and that's where we realized that fundamentally we need to either 
by increasing their income enabling them to enjoy the fruits of the formal parts of the economy through easy access to credit just to finance an invoice or basic things like that or make procurement better like make better commerce basically either we need to help them increase their incomes or we need to reduce their cost that is the only signal that they would today spend their money on and software is definitely not that as of today however if i look let's say 5 years down the horizon or 10 years down the horizon of course software will be an important part of the revenue equation as well but that said as of today while software doesn't form an important revenue part in the equation it is still by far the most efficient gdm even when you address other use cases just for example our cac to onboard a user for a small kirana like ours is the cheapest in the country despite having tons of competitors tons of other use cases that are people are onboarding so people are attacking this space through different angles be it payments qr or through commerce or odan or us like software i have shared this before that software amongst all these use cases forms the most efficient way to onboard a user and separately at least use the case of khata book we have seen once a user starts using khata book or an accounting use case the stickiness of the user is much higher in fact it's almost 100% for us average age for user on khata book is almost 2 years now we're a 3 year old company we don't have to re spend money to reacquire a user again so once a user becomes a permanent user of khata book he starts not only leveraging the platform he also provides us valuable data valuable insights on his business as well now on top of that it's relatively easier to tailor made financial services and relevant common services so as of last year we started our financial services experiment as well there is roughly a 500 billion dollar demand gap of credit to these small businesses because existing banks and nbfcs are not able to address the opportunity essentially because the initial cac is high and also because they don't have relevant data insights to reduce the business risk on the user when say operating on credit models what i'm interested in is this core business being built on the lending book side the software component of it to your point is basically use free software as the wedge grow really quickly find a sticky use case and then upsell either into paid saas which could be the case but to your point those companies are going to have to have reached the formalization point of their maturation stage and then the lending book which allows you just to increase access to credit i want to dive into the lending book side a little bit more deeply so the scale of the opportunity is huge as you just mentioned 500 billion dollars of credit that's untapped demand there's a complete arms race for lending to msmes in india right now so whether it's the payment companies the paytms phone pays it's ours of the world the pos companies like the pine labs of the world or this cohort of kirana tech companies that are specifically targeting msmes from a software perspective we talked about the scale of the opportunity for 500 billion of untapped credit and demand for credit talk a little bit more about the different angles and approaches for the companies that are chasing it and why you feel confident that the wedge and the chronology of the product that you guys have taken which is having software as a wedge is potentially the most efficient or interesting way to build the best lending book so a addressing a couple of points here i would like to divide the ecosystem in two ways one is offline companies that have a offline gtm and then providing either through pos 
or just through offline centers and then providing credit facility. The second is through the software approach. At least in our space, in the software ecosystem, Khatabook has roughly 70-75% of the entire users. So for example, 100 users are online today. Roughly 75 users are on Khatabook as of today in our ecosystem, MSME ecosystem. And all the players in the Dukan tech, including our competitors, are in the rest 25%. So we have a very sizable distribution across the country. We have decent density as well in certain pin codes. Now, when you have sizable distribution, it solves for your operations in a certain way. Since you have more density, you'll be able to address a lot more users in case there is an offline approach that is required in parallel to your digital approach to complete the loop. Coming to our approach versus, say, uh, predominantly the POS players. POS players like Leparte or PTM, they have an offline-heavy model. For example, PTM has 20,000 people feed on street. Majority of them in the metro cities where density is high. Now, what they do is they distribute what I was initially talking about, simple QR codes to these shopkeepers. For example, they distribute, say, 100 QR codes. And they need to support payments on all these QR codes. By the way, in India, it's really hard to make money on payments because UPI is completely free. So that presents a challenge for everyone in the ecosystem that payments needs to be utilized in some other manner. It could be utilized for your collections, say, for example. But pure play earning on payments is a long shot in the current structure in India because UPI has made it free for everyone. Anyone can come on the UPI platform and build their own app. So it's completely democratized. So there are two costs associated here in the offline play. One is supporting payments for everyone. The second is the offline onboarding itself. Paytm and PhonePay, when they onboard 100 merchants, out of that, they give 10, 15 loans to their user. But at the same time, they have taken into account that in the CAC, they have to take a cost of onboarding all the 100 users. Now, on Khatabuk, the onboarding is completely digital. We are a free-to-install app. We are present mostly in the hinterlands, in the non-metro cities, and that's our edge. We have more density of users than a Bharat Pay will have in a tier two town because the density there doesn't make sense for them, but we have more users there onboarded already. Now, in these cities, since the GTM, initial GTM is completely digital, what Khatabuk does is we also have our all-in-one QR to take accept money. But what we do is we only have this cost of associating a QR only the users we feel we are going to lend to. Say, for example, if Khatabok approves out of 100 of our users, we approve five loans. Only these five users have this offline flow that the QR will be pasted to the shop. So fundamentally, our CAC structure is a lot better. Second thing, as I mentioned earlier, is that most of our users are present in tier two, tier three cities, where this offline unit economics makes even less sense. Thirdly, as a trend in collections that we have seen, it's relatively easier to recover money in smaller towns and cities versus in metro cities. Usually in metro cities, in a lot of cases, the users are migrants. They can be there tomorrow or they can be you know, gone tomorrow. So it's relatively becomes harder to recover money. Our confidence on repayments is much greater in smaller towns versus in the metro cities. And this, I feel, at least in the initial five years of the lending journey, I feel will present a key strength on which we need to double down on. One of the cynical viewpoints would be questioning whether bookkeeping data is robust enough to make lending decisions. So we've talked about it today, but India is a heavy cash economy. 
for those that are listening that may not be aware, it's also a low tax compliant economy. There's a joke in India that most folks don't pay taxes. How do you get around the challenge of merchants not reporting high value credit in the app to avoid paying taxes and then creating a data lake or a stream of transactions that's not necessarily representative if an individual merchant is credit worthy or not? In financial services, I think one of the key learnings for investors, certainly over the last call it two years or so, is a lot of folks were very enamored by fast growth and metrics like number of loans issued or dollars of loans issued, when really what's most important to evaluate in these businesses are things like credit worthiness, payback, non-performing assets. Growing fast to a poorly underwritten loan book obviously isn't a sustainable model. How do you think about the idea of is bookkeeping data robust enough to make lending decisions? And obviously that's the wedge for Katabook. So I'm curious how you think about that and solve for that in the product as well. That's a very relevant question we get asked a lot. How are you going to leverage Khata data? I can add my own entry today, say $100,000, and is that relevant? Will you then underwrite me, etc.? But what I'd like to point out here, we're roughly three years old. It's just been a pure software play till now. Not even a single user, at least till three months back, had seen our lending journey on the app or anything. It's just been a pure play software company with no incentive, no cashbacks given till date to provide, to pollute the database. So the only incentive till date had been the pure software utility of using the software again and again, again and again. On an hourly basis, we are recording 250,000 transactions on an hourly basis. Almost $30 billion of annual run rate of transactions. So what we have after three years and of so much data, by the way, we have more cash visibility than the government of India today. We have the highest cash visibility by far amongst any platform in the country. Nobody has cash visibility, in fact, in the country. Khatabu users not just record their cash transactions, they also record their digital transactions as well. Whatever they have given on credit, they record basically, irrespective of whether it's digital or cash. What we have as of today, amongst these billions of data entries, is what a real usage looks like. I may not have it for all my users, but I know at least for 10% of my users, even 10% is like a million users basically for us. So I have real data vintage over the last three years, whether this user is real or not. That's the most basic filter because for three years, no one in the ecosystem would use an app for three years without any incentive basically out of it. So what we're going to open our lending journey to is only a fraction of our users on which we have reams of data points and a year or two years or maybe three years of vintage already available on the platform. That data itself differentiates us from all the players in this ecosystem, be it offline, new age, boss players that I just mentioned, or even the older NBFCs. That just on the basis of vintage, we're able to filter out real usage amongst bad actors. This is going to be the key. When it comes to recovering or just maintaining a NPA ratio in your loan book, because end of the day, when it comes to serving our segment, it's all been about managing your risk. If you're able to build out a highly profitable, low risk business, that's the key of success of lending into these small businesses. So I think the strengths that Khatabook already has just on the basis of this vintage of data per user is a big filter. On top of that, We're building algorithms on, we have seen basically users 
that are able to recover their money faster leveraging khatabo have a better repayment behavior we are incorporating all these second order signals as part of our underwriting but that's it majority of the basics of underwriting remain the same and that we cover as part of our offline approach already now how do we iteratively make our underwriting better than the competition those are the data signals that we are looking at and focusing on on the platform and that i feel will take some time to evolve and also needs to be tested on real world loans as well for us to conclusively say whether these signals are helping or not there's a parallel idea that we haven't really talked about a lot today but i think it's also interesting to expand on when you think of this quality of transaction data that kata book uniquely has it's this concept of the network effect of just having merchants and customers on platform so we've talked a little bit about the impact for an individual merchant increased credit availability increased growth potential etc but i'm curious how you think about the value and the network effect of merchants and customers on platform i think there's actually an interesting case to be made that kata book has the unique ability to be the rails or the infrastructure for micro credit in the country itself so earlier in the discussion we were talking about really focusing on honing in on the efficiency of existing supply chains as opposed to creating new supply chains you also mentioned how kata book has more cash visibility than the government of india so when you start to put these disparate ideas together one thing that comes to my mind what's enabling those types of disparate ideas to actually happen is this network effect of merchants and customers on one individual platform i'm curious how you think about that concept of rails and infrastructure for microcredit and have you thought about at kata book the idea of at scale not just lending to one msme from kata book itself but the idea of connecting msme to msme and maybe help us understand what is the impact or what is the potential when you're able to connect multiple msmes together okay i'll address this in two separate parts one is on the consumer side and one is connecting msmes to each other so on the consumer side just a minor asterisk i'd like to add is the consumers are on the platform through our shopkeepers they're not directly on the platform but their entire data along with their unique mobile number is being stored on the platform and they also interact with the kathabook platform through the reminders or the invoice links that our merchants send out to them that said we have data on 400 million unique customers around our merchants around their cash data basically that our merchants are entering for example what's their individual spends like on this particular shopkeeper on how much time roughly does he return the money to the shopkeeper and what's the trend of the usage like you know whether they are consuming more with time or less with time so all these behaviors are being digitally captured by our merchants indirectly on our platform for all these consumers in our first phase of our lending journey our first step is to just focus on the merchant just enable him as a business to a credit line that he can tap on and in the next phase of the business of our lending journey the idea is to enable him to provide credit based on the historical usage that he has stored of his individual users and leverage that as an information so we'll be able to underwrite his users with time like i said we already have 3 years of data on millions of merchants this will go to 5 years 6 years of data on these individual customers as well with time and then we have a lot of historical data on all of these hundreds of millions of customers that our shopkeepers can leverage to increase their own income streams probably give out microcredit to them further based on their repayment behavior to them in fact you know interestingly our mission at khatabuk repeat this at every town hall our mission at khatabuk 
is to build easy to use software and help increase incomes of the small indian business this is it basically and if we are able to get to this mission we will be able to make a sustainable business out of it because the only way to do what i just said will be basically we are providing solutions that a reduce their cost or help them increase their incomes that's addressing on the consumer bit of the journey i think it's a little forward looking out that said despite the platform having storing millions of data of millions and hundreds of millions of customers so on the short term we're predominantly just focused on building our lending direct lending business to our merchants addressing the second bit this comes down to the original structure of the traditional supply chain which is why we're not just addressing retailers through khatabo we also have another business called biz analyst that addresses distributors or suppliers to these retailers also to digitize as well when you say connecting msmes it basically means connecting the supply chain retailers don't need to connect with each other retailers or sub need to connect either upstream or downstream on downstream they connect with their customers on upstream they connect with their suppliers as you said there's a massive opportunity when you connect these suppliers and these businesses basically these msmes to each other in terms of a their payments efficiency and b just procurement efficiency a lot of their flows right now are happening as i initially mentioned you know there's literally a guy going offline on a cycle covering 100 150 shops he's already operating at the thinnest of margins now i think one of the couple of ways we can enable this guy say for example a distributor to connect with a retailer is this touch point we call it the sales force guy the guy who does the actual sales if he has a mobile app in his hand that has all the historic orders for the shop he's serving and he's able to instantly take the payments as well there itself at the shop from the retailer rather than you know waiting for the retailer at the end of the month or whenever he has cash etc so there is a lot of trade flows that can be simplified when you connect this upstream entity of a distributor supplier to this retailer and there are a lot of i would say avenues of opportunity at payments invoice discounting at software when you unlock this trade flow so we have been addressing this through two separate platforms as of now one is we have been scaling khata book separately and separately we have been scaling bizanalyst which just addresses the distributors and the suppliers now we have a 20% overlap between the bizanalyst counterparties which are retailers and which are khata book users as well so as this overlap grows with time we will be able to address a lot of these trade flow softwares and then a lot of new opportunities like invoice and discounting and procurement will open up right now as a business given that we are lean we're just focused on improving the credit availability of the user but eventually we want to leverage the network strength available on the platform as well invoice discounting is still at a very nascent stage in india and i think that is an opportunity that will open up over the next couple of years ravish as we round out the discussion i want to revisit a topic we touched on earlier in the conversation second and third order effects we've talked about this on the podcast before with other guests like nandan nilakani but it's certainly an underappreciated fact in the west of how foundational the india stack has been to creating tailwinds for companies like kappa book to exist and scale talk a little bit more about india stack's relevance to kappa book and if you look a decade out how do you think about the second and third order effects from this foundation being established today the most important thing to realize is beyond kappa book the government and the bureaucracy has been able to effectively bring out solutions 
that provide the rails for long term growth for example being upi you know upi as a solution has created a lot of efficiency in just simple day to day transactions and across a very large portion of the economy and very quickly secondly for example aadhar aadhar has onboarded in the most efficient and the fastest manner and digitized identity for almost i think 90 95% of indian population as of today just to give you another business context here 80% of our kyc is happening digitally through aadhar kyc it makes it a lot simpler to disburse a loan when you're able to confirm the identity of the user so quickly rather than having a cumbersome kyc process in the funnel so i think just these basic additions and continuous innovation in building this india stack by the government is enabling not just us but all the players in the ecosystem to unlock a lot more efficiency in the models that they serve i see this in comparison to other emerging markets and even to the west say for example that the india stack is leaps and bounds ahead versus any country which is why i am really really bullish on india as a story in general and i had initially mentioned despite us being a 2000 dollar per capita income country today there is a lot of inefficiency that we will unlock over the next couple of years because of the solutions that the ecosystem is building and the government is building that will have these second order third order effects so for example a basic second order effect is that now not just us but even the post players and a bunch of nbfcs are now able to scale credit to this underserved segment and this has been predominantly been possible because a lot of collections has been digitized a lot of their cash flow is now digital a lot of the identity layer has now been digitized so now these basic building blocks have enabled players not just like us but other players in the ecosystem as well to address these large gaps in the economy initially when there's a 500 billion dollar trade financing gap to the small merchants across the trade basically for example exporters need credit before they book their orders our smaller retailers need credit because a lot of their flows are dependent on month end settlements at the end of the month and they need to procure more goods from their supplier the supplier takes credit from the manufacturer this credit requirement across every leg and the only way this becomes formalized is that when these building blocks of collections through upi through identity and there are more innovations happening by the way there is an aa framework that's being developed account aggregator that will enable players like us and others to instantly poll and tap the bank account history of the user rather than trying to in an offline form look at the bank history through pdf or through printouts that's been the flow of how banks currently underwrite now digitizing all these processes and centralizing these building blocks is commendable work by the government of india which is why i think players like us will be able to unlock these second order effects and we are already seeing that happening credit has exploded in our space basically because we are able to now collect more efficiently underwrite more efficiently and reduce the overall risk so just to give you a number here khata book we've been doing our pilot for last 9 months now we have disbursed almost 15000 loans as of date as part of our pilot and we're operating at an npa of 0.8% that's leaps and bounds ahead of what the industry math had been around anywhere from 7 to 12% 
I feel like even the new age players, other players in the ecosystem like Bharat Pay, Paytm, even they are better than these industry benchmarks because they are able to leverage this new India stack and incorporating its efficiency in their journeys. One thing I read recently, India today accounts for almost forty percent of global real time settlement of transactions today, and the rest sixty percent includes China, US, and everyone else basically. All this thanks to UPI. Right now, accounting for forty percent of global real-time transactions, and that's a very massive number. That too for a two thousand dollar per capita income country. So I think by the time we reach twenty thirty, there are unimaginable second order, third order effects that will get unlocked because of all these seeds that have been planted today. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to watch. I really appreciate you taking the time to walk through both what you're building at Kata Book as well as the early legs. Of this fintech maturation and journey in India, it's certainly going to be an interesting one to watch over the next decade. So, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate having you on. Thanks for me. Thanks for having me. To keep learning about the topics discussed, head to joincolossus.com, where you'll find our curated list of resources, a transcript for this episode, and a library of conversations on investing and business. That's J O I N C O L O S S U S dot com. Mm-hmm.